unders, down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri, Art of War, down under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode 150-something once again of the Art of War Dunder Podcast. My name, as always, is Adam Camilleri. And to this episode is going to be a pretty spicy special one, because it's the very first time I've ever had the good grace of speaking to this lovely gentleman who's about to join us in a second. But he hails from, I guess, the one of the only places on the world that's further south than where I'm sitting right now. He hails from Cape Town, South Africa. He's representing South Africa at the WTC for the very first time. That great nation is sending a team. His name is Kyle and he's joining us. Hello, mate. Welcome to the show. How's it, guys? Um, yeah, happy to be here. Very keen to share some knowledge. And yes. yeah, let's go. So we're going to be reviewing the metal men themselves, the Necrons, the Undying Dynasties, and it's going to be a pretty spicy one. So, I mean, um, I'm going to be holding on to this episode, I believe, because I, uh, out of respect for the WTC team, things like that, don't want to let the cat out of the bag that you guys are play- bringing Necrons as one of your armies, whether it's you know right or wrong here or there, I'm just going to take it out of the equation. So I'll put this episode up after list submission for WTC. Um, so, you know. It's already locked in, not going to hurt anybody's chances. Uh, but welcome to the show, mate. How are you feeling about South Africa's chances right now? We're going to unpack that a little bit more in part two, but off the cuff, are you super stoked and excited to be representing your nation? Yeah, man. It's um, our first time going. Um, it's kind of been a, a dream of a few of us like to go, go across. Um, like I think the last few years, especially how 40K has become more of a a global phenomenon and the access to it on the internet through like art of war um and mm. all the other content creators um i think it's really up the average players game and you know i think a lot of the players down here we ready to burst out of our little ponds and go out to the great big lake and get either smashed or you know pull out a ticket from australia's cap and sm- smash a bunch of other people teach them what the real southern hemisphere meta is about it's so exciting to see um i guess isolated 40k communities join the world stage because i mean from your guys point of view i don't know how often you people from um your region get to go to some of the more international events but just joining and walking into that mixing pot you know wondering if you're gonna meet the level you know to to play but you know um some great players down under voice said everyone's got the same rules everyone's got the same models like everyone can learn and be as good as anybody in this game if you're willing to put in dedication so i hope it is a awesome fairy tale for yourselves maybe not you know more a fairy tale than australia but you know i, I, I want you i want you guys to do extremely well just not better than my team uh, <laughs> but um if i didn't say uh, this gentleman's name is kyle mcintosh sorry if i uh, mispronounced that before but art of war down under is a two-part podcast you can find the second part of this one over at art of war down under over on patreon where you can join in get involved with our wonderful discord community and other bits and pieces i know i haven't been answering many questions in the part two from the patrons that will be rejoining us soon i'm just getting as many of these um index reviews in the pipeline before i jet off on a bit of a three-week break so i have a bit of a backlog but my man time to jump into the meat and potatoes of this the metal men what was your when you the first time you went cover to cover on this index what did you think so you know like we all had the xenos uh ascension day when we're all the i'm, I'm mainly a xenos player i play tau i play necrons i play odari and 
this was actually the third index that I went to because, you know, from ninth edition, Necrons had a, you know, they're pretty weak. They got a bit of a patch at the end to cool easy secondaries. But when we're going through this, we were like, okay, cool. Tau feels good. Aldarius feels nuts. And as we were paging through the, the codex, me and my team, we were just like, whoa, that's pretty strong. Whoa, that's mm. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in the terms of how their rules interact with each other. Because there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, data sheets throughout the the whole spectrum of the indexes that are, like, by themselves, amazing. The cool thing about the Necron Codex is that there is such depth in your combos and how you strength put your Mm. units together, especially where you choose which leaders lead which unit and how other units are going to support each other. Um, But, yeah, we have. I I was very excited. um, the, The the next week as we put them together and really realizing how tough and tactically deep uh, this army mm. has become. Well, I hazard, hazard to say, but of all the indexes, I believe Necrons is the deepest as it has. Um, maybe maybe Eldari is, is deeper because they just have so many good options. But I mean, the fact that this you can you can just by changing which character is leading your twenty Necron warriors, etc. You can do so many different things with the unit, make it operate on so many different things. Um, I I would say the first time I went through it, I was a little first. The first my first impression was I was a little disheartened because I thought there was a little bit of flavor missing. For the longest time ever, um, Necrons had just r- good rend on all their guns, good AP or good rend, depending whatever whatever edition it was. That was like the baseline. Their their guns had good. AP could went through armor well. I felt like that was missing, so I was a bit worried about their damage output. But then I found out all the jank that they could do, and I thought, ah, this is fine. Uh, this is just fine. Like it, it's one of the most flavorful two rules uh, yes. version yeah. codexes out of like the only one that I really like a bit more in terms of uh, law is demons. But mm. like, I'd hear it. But the the way that the reanimation works has been amazing um i i really like it um and like when we got the previews um i was in the same boat of everyone i was like cool doesn't seem that great Um, yeah but it's it's again how i was saying how everything interacts with each other and the combos you can build really sets this army to be a top tier Mm. one in in my opinion it feels like there's a lot of armies that have combos but not a lot of armies that have synergy I feel like Necrons are one of the few that have true synergy across the whole army. But anyway, let's jump into the first of these rules. If you if you, if you know Light of War, then I know we are primarily a review bay podcast. Whenever there's there's a piece of content to be reviewed for the Great Game of 40k, we will be viewing it from the most competitive level that we can. And to do that, we pretty much read from the thing and discuss it at the highest level that we can. So what we're going to do is we're going to read through all the rules, and then my good man Kyle is going to tell us about some of the notable data sheets that you need to know as somebody either wanting to play Necrons, or you need to know if you're going to be fighting against Necrons. First up, we have reanimation protocols. If your faction is Necrons, at the end of your command phase, each unit from your army with this ability activates your reanimation protocols and reanimates D3 wounds. Each time a wound a, a unit reanimates a wound, you go through these two dot points. The first of which is if that unit contains one or more models with fewer than their starting number of wounds, they regain one of those lost wounds. And then if you have everybody in that unit at their starting strength and and sorry, everyone is at their max number of wounds, you get to bring a model back. So if you roll, let's for example, if you rolled two and you had a Lich Guard on one wound and one Lich Guard dead, um, and you rolled two wounds, you would get that wound back and then a one-wound Lich Guard, yeah? 
Yeah. So, like, what's really great about this is um, the multi-wound models you actually start getting back because when you have something like a destroyer or a lich god, getting that just extra model back on the one wound is great because there's also other combos that come through that with Technomancer's healing up where you essentially getting back your your full unit. Yes, exactly right. Uh, there are so many ways to magnify this, aren't there? Yeah, like uh, when we go through some of the units, I'm going to highlight, I think, the best contenders, but there's just so many ways to interact with this rule. Mm. Um, and it, it really starts playing on your positioning and where you're placing your models to get shot off or hurt um, mm. can really redetermine your game. So coming from ninth edition, a lot of people bemoaned the ninth edition one for really doing nothing for multi-wound models, but this one didn't seem that much better because it was only D3 and hell, you could just roll ones for this all game. Is this significantly better than what they had in ninth? Um, I will first say it, it doesn't feel as bad as ninth when you, you know, you get a, three of your um, score picks killed and you just don't roll three fives and you're just yes. like, okay, I guess they did. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like this, this one, you're always getting a little bit back, maybe not so much as an extreme one. Um, <laughs> I must remember one of my games um, in the big tournaments here. I, I lost five of my score picks and I got back four and my opponent was not feeling too hot about yeah. that, but we can't do that anymore. But I think what's great about, the way we use this in 10th edition is it's way more consistent and mm -hmm. you have more agency to uh, use the rule throughout the army and really abuse the, the strength of reanimation protocols. Agreed. All right. Tell us about the awakened dynasty detachment rule. It's, it's simple. If you're uh, got a leader that a Necron character, you just get plus one to hit. Sounds Really simple, doesn't sound as great, but you realize the effects that the other characters uh, do to your units, and also the there's a buff effect normally in each of the data sheets, such as Lich God, mm. um, that when a leader is um, in the unit, it's going to really benefit the specials. But we'll get into that That's later. Good. So, but it's pretty interesting that it says, like, I mean, in ninth edition, this would have said Noble on it, but this is just any old character. doesn't matter what they are, and we all know there's, like, there's like 15 characters in, in this book. There's so many to, for you to choose from, like, kid in a candy store style, but pretty straight up and down. Yeah, no, um, and also the characters are actually good this time. It's not like an 8th or 7th edition oh, when it was, like, you maybe had one good character, mm -hmm. but... They really pulled out all the um, stops of the characters. I think yeah. majority of the name characters in this index is good. Yeah, which is wild as well, right? The named ones being good. I mean, only the Silent King previously was any any good. And then in Eighth Edition, I don't. I mean, uh, um, Kia had some play early in Eighth Edition. Uh, sorry, Ninth Edition. I remember with the the plus one attacks on a bunch of Necron warriors. But anyway. Um, Jumping into the stratagems, the first of which is Protocol the Eternal Guardian. This is one CP, and it pops off in any phase. And this is when one Necron's character model from your army was just destroyed. Set your model back up on the battlefield as close as possible to where it was destroyed, more than one inch away from all enemy units, with half its number of wounds remaining. It can only be used once per character. So you can use it on the single character. Um, is this any good? Yeah. Does this come up often for you? Th this is probably army-defining. Um... This one, um, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I was thinking of the, the other one. Sorry. Um, so Eternal Guardian. Um, 
This one is really good. So what happens a lot mm-hmm. in your games is, well, in my experience, is that you would have a an enemy unit. They'll come and try and, uh, with precision, kill your enemy, um, your infantry character. Yep. Um, and that really destroys a lot of your li- like buffs that you'd get mm. from the unit. And I find this is a nice way of not being able to count be counted as easily because you'd lose a lot of your power. Um, yep. I think I use this once every one in four games um, if the enemy has a good precision model. Mm. So yeah, it doesn't come up often, but you're happy when it does, right? You're happy to have it when yeah. you need it. All right, uh, tell us about the next one. Uh, so, protocol of the hungry void. So, in in your fight phase, one Necron unit from your army that has not been selected to fight this phase um, until the end of the phase, add plus one strength of the melee weapon equipped by the models in your unit. In addition, and now this is where that Necron character um, really starts to come into the army, is that if the Necron carries leading your unit until the end of the phase, improves the armor penetration characteristic of melee weapons buy this model in, in your unit by one. So like it's it's cute. It could be it could work, but mm. um like it's situational. It's good to have, but like I don't think particularly we have very, very strong units um mm. in melee. There's much more shooting coming out at the moment. Like this could help uh just getting past the break point of wounding on yeah. fours or, or threes, but you I wouldn't necessarily always use it. Yeah. With how the game, with how the current index hammer is being played, shooting is king and melee is so far below shooting and how often you want to try and make it effective. But just looking at this in a vacuum, one CP for plus one strength, plus one AP, we know right now melee weapons generally lack strength and AP. This is a good one CP strat if it was a little more relevant for how the game is played anymore. But another one, like when you need it, you'll be happy to have it. Yeah, it's not bad. All right. Protocol of the Conquering Tyrant up next, 1 CP, your shooting phase. One Necron unit from your army that has not been selected to shoot this phase. Until the end of the phase, each time model in that unit makes an attack, if that targets if that unit targets a unit that is within half range, so e.g. if you're in rapid-fire range, um, you can re-roll the wound roll. If a Necron's character is leading your unit, you get to re-roll all the wounds at your full range. Regardless. Yeah. So one CP in half range, but if you've got a character, you just one CP rerolls to wound. Really good. Yeah, one CP for full reroll wounds. Thank you very much. I love this. Um it's one of my favorites to use on Locust Heavy Destroyers with the mm-hmm. um Emnic Destroyer, I think it's called, um, which is the rapid fire six with uh with an eighteen. Um, yep you can just absolutely smash almost any unit with that mm. um barring knights <laughs> but like yeah. it, it's really good um like if you have the cp to use it just, just go for it like smash them up i agree it's, that sounds like that feels like a bread and butter like you'll use this most shooting phases of a game like three or four out of five shooting phases you'll find a way and a reason to use that um all right what's next Oh, this is this is the money. This, yeah, this is the one I was talking about. This is almost index-defining um, protocol of the Undying Legion. So, in your opponent's shooting phase or fight phase, just after an enemy unit has resolved attacks, then you target your one Necron unit, but you have to have lost a model. You can't do this on yeah. something like a Catan or like on a CCB. Um, this only kind of works on your like 
your big breaks. So after this, you activate your reanimation protocols and reanimate D3 wounds. If a character is leading them, you get D3 plus one. Um, like there is at the moment like a little bit of contention if it, do, it means D3 from the reanimation and then you mm -hmm. add the D3 plus one. But uh, I don't know, the time of this release, it probably will be FAQ'd or at least someone ha has some ruling on it but yeah. at the moment i i've i've even been playing it on the very low spectrum of like i only get d3 plus one um but it, it's great for one yep. cp and the thing about this is it is affected by any of the buffs that you might get say from a reanimator um so you can mm. get two d3 plus one so then it's there's so also stratagems that you can use this for zero cp if you have an overlord um, yep. You just spam this. If if you know it's going to be a go turn for your opponent, you hope you just cool two CP in the bank. Um, it's going to be really hard to get rid of whatever I have. You're trying to kill. Correct. I mean, you could put this stratagem into literally any army in the game apart from GSC, and it would be the best strat in that book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Only Gene Steelercot will be like, ah, we got better. <laughs> like that's what our battle yeah. does. Yeah, that's free. Um, <laughs> but th this is incredible. Like I would, I would love to have this in Marines. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, next one protocol, the sudden storm one CP in your movement phase, uh, one Necron's unit from your army until the end of the turn, arranged weapons equipped by models in your unit have the assault ability. In addition, if a Necron's character is leading the unit, you can, uh, until the end of the phase, you can reroll advance rolls for your unit. I think the one of the best applications I can feelize for this is to make a unit that doesn't have assault weapons be able to one CP do an, do a card, do an action. Yeah, um, a unit that wouldn't be able to advance to get into a position like to do a um, a teleport homers or a, a something of that nature to be able to advance and then be like, well, I couldn't have shot my weapons before, so I, I couldn't have advanced and done the actions. You know, I'm using kind of quotation marks, but um, th this would allow you to do it. Yeah, yeah, like you would be able to do that. Do your action. It's like a, a nice cheeky little play if you can. Um, mm. It also works with like stuff like your your necron warriors who don't have assault on their weapons they're very slow yeah um i also use this sometimes um if i have the space cp and i need to get like a big brick of lich god up just because i can reroll my advanced roll i want to get three plus or four plus just so i can get to my objective it yeah. sometimes is worth it um but like it's, it's a nice toolbox thing to have uh, in your back pocket um don't mind it at all good to have all right tell us about the last one so this one, Protocol of the Vengeful Stars. In my opponent's shooting phase, just after an enemy unit has resolved their attacks, one Necron unit from your army that has one or more of its models destroyed as a result of an attack unit attacks. You can shoot as it was your shooting phase, but it must target the unit that just shot. Yep. Um, if Necron carries lineage units you, until the end of phase, range weapons have ignore cover. This is one of the only ignore cover abilities we have in the Codex. There you um, go. So it's it's all right. Um, I think it it does well for something like a big warrior warrior brick, or if they mm -hmm. maybe just kill one of your locust destroyers. But um, yeah, situational. It's not my absolute favorite, but mm. good to have. Well, I've heard of a lot of um, Necron warrior people playing multiple bricks and Necron warriors being really frustrated by things like single hornets rhinos nonsense units that they just have a, a toughness that they find hard to crack this can just be a little bit of value like if someone just decides to shoot their bolt their storm bolter on their rhino and you're like well 
I'm going to half kill your rhino with my, you know, the 19 <laughs> other warriors now. Um, that could, that could be a little bit of a game changer for people. Uh, but as assists, like, like heavy destroyers, things like that, that I get really good mileage out of this. Like, uh, someone pops out a brigand, pops one of your heavy destroyers. Oh, well, let's kill it. Let's kill it back. Is that something that can happen? Yeah. Like there is possible for it. Um, I just, I feel like you probably wouldn't be in that situation. I think it's fine for Necronoirs, but like usually they would kind of like overkill it. And if you get the chance to just fire back on it, you're not going to get as much output. Mm. But like it's it's cheeky it's to keep in your back pocket again. But like situational, we'll see. Um, but like it's, I think of the six, I'll probably use Vengeful Stars the least out of them. That's totally, totally fair. I mean, the game is so killy right now as well. Uh, but in saying that, the stratagem suite seems pretty good. I mean, like, the first one and the last one seem the most situational, getting the character back and then shooting back. But the other four all seem pretty nice and pretty powerful. Yeah, like, you, you're you not unhappy with any of them. Um, like, and your game plan is just you use a... Uh, and dying legions whenever you can, yes. really. Yeah. And then whatever well, space CP you have left, awesome. Yeah, spot on. I mean, Conquering Tyrant is the easily the second best, and then it kind of goes a little bit down from there. Um, I mean, but still, like, Hungry Void is a good strat. It's just how often you're going to get a chance to use it uh, where it matters. But anyway, stratagems are not too bad. Let's go into the enhancements. I'm going to start off with the meme dream of the last six years, uh, the Veil of Darkness, which is the only one that was like you, the only ubiquitous auto take <laughs> relic for literally two editions for Necrons, which is a bit sad. But hey, it's back, and it, guess what? It does exactly the same thing it's done for six years. It's slightly different the way that you it's, use it because yeah. you used to be able to do it at the beginning of uh, your turn, so you could respond to. But mm. I think they probably changed it due to the, how the, the the missions are now. And you have to yeah. make to do it before you understand what your mission secret is. That's if you're playing tactical. Correct. It's before um, you pull any cards. So just for knowledge at home, once per battle at the end of your opponent's turn, if the bearer is not within engagement range of any, any units, the bearer can use this enhancement. If it does remove that unit from the battlefield, then they go into reinforcements. They come back on um, in the next turn, nine inches away. So... Arguably, it's worse than previous iterations. It's still pretty good, though. Yeah, the, the the one really cool thing in the previous editions that you could be engagement range, so you, you could, could get tagged okay, by exactly something, right. yeah, and you could just beat back, shoot, mm-hmm. charge. It there was some a lot more play. Um, so like it it still solves some of Necron's like inherent weakness of being quite slow, and you can get a slow brick across across the board if you really need to. But hmm. yeah, it's it's still good. I think you it you take it situationally, but um, it's good utility and to also just keep your opponent in the backfield, just imagining a whole brick of twenty warriors, like you know, yeah. every edition yeah. they have to think about. <laughs> I'm interested to know if this is an auto take still for people because I'm not sure it's an auto take anymore. It's still pretty damn good though. I. I've I've been testing it, and usually it's if I'm looking for points, or I'm looking to use another in, of the enhancements. This is the first to go because we'll, you'll see now. Uh, the other three are absolutely amazing. Um, all four are yes. actually pretty pretty good. Um, mm. We've got a good selection of enhancements, and yeah, I think it just depends to how you're Whoa. building your army and what kind of your thing you're trying to achieve. Mate, um, like ha- yeah, happy days because. 
In 8th edition, I can't tell you a single other Necron relic apart from the Veil of Darkness. In 9th edition, <laughs> I can only tell you about the Veil of Darkness and what was the, it was it the solar staff? The that was the, the the super staff of light that had the double that had Tesla? Yeah. Those are the only two relics I know from 9th edition. So, so, and one of them was the same relic from 8th edition. So anyway, tell us about the second of these enhancements. So this one, I think, actually is one of the best ones, especially if you want to play Agreed. into a, a shooting army archetype. So it's called mm-hmm. the Sovereign Cornel. So what it does, it's you give it to any Necron unit and with uh, character. Um, and within six, this ne- any friendly Necron units count as being led by a Necron character model. So... Any abilities that is associated with getting a Necron character, and that's also the abilities uh, you'd get from the stratagems of being led by character, and uh, the unit-specific abilities, as well as the army rule where we'll get plus one to hit. So this mm-hmm. is amazing. You would want to put this corneal on a lone operative, um, so yes. you never be shot in the bad. So mm-hmm. the, the two main uh, that you could use is a Technomancer, which is my preferred one um, due to it can heal up a bit, uh, which is great if you're taking a lot of vehicles, but also it, it moves 10, so it can move across stuff, yep. or you take a hex mark, um, which hex mark can be a bit, is a bit more defensive. But you just put it on your lone operative and it, you just keep them near your, your backfield that's shooting and it's happy days. You can just be sh- hitting on twos, getting all the buffs you want. Um, Correct. Amazing. This could just read or of plus one to hit. Because it, it, well, at a minimum, more. that is that is exactly right. At a minimum, that is what it is. And it just goes better and better and better from there. But if it was just plus one to hit in a six-inch aura, that is very good by uh, 10th edition metrics. And it is so much more than that. So I think this is very close to the auto take. Yeah, How many points does this run you, by the way? This is, this is 30 points. It's the most expensive of the four. And like to be honest, 30 points is a steal for this. Uh, I <laughs> like, agree. Especially if you're just I agree. getting the plus one to hit. Jesus. All right. Um, Next one up is Hyper Material Abilator. This is uh, Necron's model only. While the bearer is leading a unit, they have the stealth ability. In addition, um, if you're targeting with range attacks and they're not within 12, you have cover as well. So you might as well hit always. And then if they're outside 12, you get cover. Um, I suppose this is pretty... I mean, obviously, the first thought is to chuck this on um, warriors, right? But not always, yeah? Yeah. Um, like, you're using this to protect um, whatever brick you don't want to be shot at. Um, I've seen people been using this on... Uh, they take a large unit of uh, heavy destroyers, and they've just put a lord with this on, so they always minus one to hit mm-hmm. and cover, which gives them, like, quite good defensive. Or people put it on... It works yep. really well on Lich Guard. Um, kind of... Any brick you don't want shot at, it's great. Um, do you always yeah. grab this? I don't know because it's it's. I think it's twenty or twenty five points. I'm not too sure, but it's like it's yeah, twenty five, um, which is a, a bit expensive for just the the minus one and, and like the cover within twelve. It's cute, but yeah, like it works really well for stuff that doesn't have defensive buff. But stuff with defensive mm-hmm. buffs, it's nice to have, but if you have the spare points, but there's other cool things you can grab in the index. Yeah, totally agree. All right, Matt, tell us about this last one. So this one's very simple. It's grab a Necron Warrior, slap a four up, feel no pain on it. Um, So yeah, like this is really good on two of our units. The one unit is the Transcend Catan, which is only Catan Mm -hmm. you can put a enhancement on, um, which makes it very, very hard to kill. Uh, Like, T11, uh, I think it is, um, with 4-up, 4-up, 
very hard to kill half damage. And then yeah, you crazy. also have, but also what I prefer to put on is a catacomb command barge. Command barge. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, really hard to kill. Um, it's got its its inbuilt mini transhuman, and it can just be healing up. It just becomes such an awesome linchpin for your army. It's only ten points. So this is the Suppertoma Weave, by the way. And yeah, Necron's model only. So yeah, any old character you can choose. There's no restrictions on what character you put this on. For a Field of Pain is very potent. It's just, it's, I mean, so the Catan halves damage and a Fort Field of Pain is half damage. It could almost rate half again the half damage because that's exactly what it does. Uh, really good. Only 10 points, man. Like, it's, it's a bargain. And I don't know how often your writing list that end up at 1990 at home, but Man, a lot of my lists end up in 1990, so I would just be slapping this in anyway. Yeah, every time. Um, don't go home without it. It's it's just there's already a lot of feel no pains in the Necron Codex, and just adding another one to your opponents, you can just watch these tears roll mm-hmm. down his face. Correct. Uh, so as far as I'm concerned, the Sovereign Coronal is just it's almost in every list, right? Um, there are so many good applications yeah. for it, and then the other three, it's just kind of pick your poison. I think they're all pretty takeable. This. Yeah, I think you you always find points for for the weave, and then the the grabbing the third enhancements all matters on what you're building for and if you can afford it. Mm, totally agree, dude. So far, this book is a banger. Like, I mean, I think I actually now that I'm thinking about the strats, I'm less. I, I think I think before I said there was the first one and the last one were the two disappointments, but I do suppose uh, Protocol of Sudden Storm isn't that enchanting, and then Hungry Void doesn't come up that much. They've got two bangers in the stratagem section, but they got four really relevant enhancements. Um, the enhancements really, it seems like possibly the best section. Yeah. There's not a bad one. Like if, if you yeah. want, if you could take four, you would, but that's yeah, not them would. rules. How many points is that? So what? 30, 60, 85 points. That's 85 is a lot. You just buy another unit instead of, get, yeah. instead of all the enhancements. <laughs> we can dream though. Exactly right. So we're jumping over into the data sheets. Now, there are a lot of data sheets in this book. I'm going to lean on my man Kyle here. He's going to tell us the ones that he thinks are the most relevant. And we've got a bit of time, so let's jump around, man. I'll tell you when we're, we need to wrap it up. But I'll give us a couple of the HQs that you think people need to know about the most. Yeah, let's start maybe with some of the name characters. So there's a, yeah, there's a few. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot, and they all, I think, are nine times out of ten that they're good. Um, but in terms of like a defining um, def- defining model is uh, Orican the Diviner. So, 100%. Uh, so he's he um, is a a uh, was a cryptic. And so mm-hmm. he can always jump onto any other unit um, with a noble. So you can get up to two characters normally in your in your um, Necron units. You most likely always want to have one noble and one uh, Technomancer. Um, and he would be your, uh, I mean, not Technomancer, Cryptic, but he would be your Cryptic. So yeah. what does he do? So he is, um, ability is Master Chronomancer, which just gives every model in that unit a four-up inborn. That is just straight up good. Wow. That takes a lot of <laughs> units past like their durability. So the, 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 mm. there's two main ones you really want to put this on. So first of all, your warriors. That's yep. you know, <laughs> what amazing. Doubling. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then and then the second one, which we'll get to, um, my most 
loved unit and it's because it's the lich god but the lich god with sights you can actually take uh now without being scared of losing up that four in four up invon Correct. Um, so yeah you are wanting to take this for those a bit those units lacking the invon and just makes them instantly more durable but he's not that bad in a fight either so once per game um he can you select this model, and when he does, he, you triple his attack and strength characteristic. So at the moment, before he gets buffed up, he's just two attacks at strength four. He becomes six attacks at strength 12. Any successful wound becomes a critical wound and becomes devastating. So yeah, he can be a, slamming. Got... Exactly right. Just absolutely slamming. And in a pinch, he does amazingly. So I think this is like one of the best named character units within uh, the Codex. Uh, if I had to choose out of any of the named ones, I would go for him. Um, I just realized, so he gets the plus one to hit as well. So when he's leading a unit, the unit gets plus one to hit and he gets plus one to hit. So he's hit on twos, yeah? Yeah, hitting on, on twos. Base. So he yeah. can have six attacks hitting on twos wounding on twos or threes it'll only be fives versus night tyrants at that level and then it's just going to be d3 mortals because they're all going to be devs if they wound um so you can do six d3 mortal wounds and it's <laughs> not that huge of a stretch to not roll any ones to hit or ones to wound if he's hitting on two wounding on twos damn like he can just pop off yeah um just so, so useful to have just in the pinch um and also makes mm. your like your warrior blob a little bit less desirable to to charge when you can just slap this back at, mm. at someone if they charge like some terminators or you know something that's a bit more tough for the warriors to hit through exactly right and he will run you a mere mega 80 points like in the previous book he'd be 130 minimum <laughs> like yeah, and you, and he and you wouldn't even have the invon on. It was something he like you would have half what he's good. <laughs> it's so good. Anyway, all right, another character, but right, another special character. So I've been playing a lot with the other special characters, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll give a bit of WTC knowledge what we are at, at the moment valuing high. So you got Namzor Zandrik. He is very basic lord and he's got two main abilities so he's got transient madness which is d3 you get a a random um buff either sustain hits one lethal hits mm -hmm. devastating but the main thing that he has is having a free vect um yes. an effect of no one uh knows the terminology it just means after a opponent has uh spent um done a step stratagem it costs now an extra one cp um and why this is great is there's a lot of factions at the moment where they have a character buff where they can make something zero cp correct and it stops correct. that from go um being um spammable and then also there's some other ability something the overwatch you can push your overwatch to be in two like versus night that's invaluable versus something like Tau, you could make them do the overwatch or um, on twos or they jump shoot jump on I think it would be 3 CP um, so it just gives you a lot of more flexibility um, most of the time you actually want to look at your opponent's strats and because Necrons are amazingly tanky, look at the strats that are 
buffing the damage either into plus one to wound or mm -hmm. making things mortals or devastating and target that ability um, because that just makes you way more harder to kill. And Agreed. like it sounds, it sounds pretty simple in theory, but the, the times in games that we've been using Vex throughout armies, it, it really is great. And I really recommend people just start using Vex more. Yeah, uh, absolutely. He'll run you 85 points. Um, I wish he was a little better in either shooting or combat because he's like three shots hitting on threes at 5-2-1 or four attacks hitting on threes at 5-2-1 also in combat or shooting. Um, he's pretty durable, you know, six wounds, toughness five with a two-up save, four-up invulnerable save. He is quite durable and he, like, his buffs aren't terrible. The sustained hits, the lethal hits, all the dev devastating wounds. On the right units, you're happy with any of those, right? It doesn't matter which one you roll, you're okay. Well, there's... So, I think his best uh, to attach to is a Sword and Board Lich God. Um, I would never have him attach to a Scythe Lich God, just because his um, abilities don't um, combo well with the devastating wounds on the Lich God Scythes. Because um, you can skip... You can either get devastating cool you already have that buff you can get lethal which you you skip your devastating um uh, so the yeah. you kind of want yeah. to get sustained so it's like it's not great um if you put it on there i would rather put it on the sword and board lich guard um and on warriors yeah it's it's, it's okay you're, mm. you're, you're yeah, not you're not upset a, yeah it's a little bit of value no matter what your role on warriors easy done all right um do you have is there one more special character we're talking about in terms of the special characters, the, those that there are some things you can do, but why don't we talk about some of the the basic HQ characters, which I think are pretty much like some of the best units in, our, in the Codex. Um, I think we'll get started, and this is also why you might not take Xandric, um, and you might choose a Lord or an Overlord uh, in, instead. So Lord and Overlord are your bread and butter basic um, leaders. Um, and you really just want them to give you that leader buff of plus one to hit and whatever special ability they, they activate. They are both nobles. A lot of the Necron abilities only activate if a noble is attached to a unit, um, not just a, uh, a leader. And you would want both buffs. Um, what both of these characters, and then I'm kind of lumping them together at the moment because they kind of do the same thing, um, but they, they've got small differences but they both hold up a resurrection orb in their war gear. Yes. So what does a resurrection orb do? So normally your reanimation protocols only proc in your command phase, um, or unless you use the stratagem, it pro uh, you can proc it again in your opponent's shooting and fighting. However, if you have a resurrection orb um, with your leader in your opponent's command phase, you can proc your resurrection. So you're starting to see now how like you potentially could proc resurrection on mm -hmm. um a single unit four times over the course of a of battle round which battle is round. really really nuts. good when you start compounding that's so good yeah yeah so like you always want to be procking this into your big bricks you want to put a lord or an overlord what's the difference between lord and overlord um so the Overlord, his ability is My Will Be Done, which allows you once per battle round uh, to use on that unit that's leading a stratagem that has already been played that round for zero CP. 
So mm-hmm. this combined with something like, I don't know, you know, resurrecting uh, D3 <laughs> yep. um, plus one yep. could be really great. Um, for zero CP, I think that's pretty nice. Um, he's also much harder to kill from precision because he's got a four-up invulnerable save and he mm. is minus one damage. So uh, I think he's pretty great. Um, I would put him with some some warriors, but I I do actually think he's a bit expensive. And while the my will be done is yeah, and while the my will be done is pretty good, um, you'll see as you get into a higher kind of tier of uh, players that. They, if they want to kill a brick, they're just going to focus the one brick. So you would actually only use that stratagem once per uh, phase mm. in the shooting and fighting. So it actually, in testing, I don't think this have, has come up as much. Mm. I, I truly prefer the regular Lord. It's 20 points cheaper. You get plus one move on the unit that they join. Um, and you can still use strats even if you battle shocked, which the battle shock one won't come up a uh, crazy amount. You'll be happy when it does. But 20 less points, still has the res orb, and he adds to your move. And I found the move has been one of the biggest issues with Absolutely. a lot of Necron play, especially with a lot of minus move out there. Like, if you're, if you've got 20 Necron Warriors and someone's putting neg two move on you all game from a Basilisk or a Thunderfire, you're moving three inches. <sighs> and that's just yeah. not going to get you points and just not going to get you where you need to be. Yeah. And like the, the battle shock doesn't come up that much, but it is always nice if you re- get battle shocked and you really want to res on that unit. You are able to just use your resurrection strats easily, which like not always happen, but it's nice to have. Yeah, agreed. Um, so that is, I mean, with with your lord, yeah, you just take the you take the lord's blade, yeah, of course, over the staff of light, or you uh, take the staff yeah. of light because you're not getting combat that much anyway. It matters what you, you're in. Um, I would take Stuff Light with Warriors, and I take the Lord's Blade with Lich God, uh, depending on what is needed. But yep, most yeah. of the time, I would take the Blade, uh, because it's <laughs> Staff of Light is such low damage, and it never really comes up. Mm. All right. Um, what is What about the, the Cryptex, the regular Cryptex? Where's your pick here? So... They they're all pretty good except for the I think uh, Psychomancer um, shame. Mm. It's never going to be good, and he's probably like one of the worst models to build in the Codex. So just save yourself the trouble of never buy that model. <laughs> but he looks so cool, you will, dude. You no, break like him instantly. Those tentacles are like impossible to get right. I think I spent like two days trying to get that thing together, and I just I wanted to cry every time. And it, then it broke like the next tournament, so it's still just it's, sitting there in pieces, dude. It's such a lame data sheet. So not, the Psychomancer, one enemy within nine of this model, subtract one from the leadership characteristic of that unit, and then at the start of your shooting phase, select one enemy within 18. They must take a battleship test. If this guy is within nine of an enemy model, he's freaking dead next turn. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, got, he's got one shot at strength, at, at hitting on a four for some reason at 633. Oh, man. When... when when every other character is a banger, it's just so stark how ordinary this guy is. Yeah, you you never take him. He's just he's just <laughs> sad. So he can live in a box. Uh, maybe next edition, yeah. third, third time maybe. lucky. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, so my pick, if you have to take a cryptic, which I think the other two are pretty good as well, but the Techno Monster is amazing, um, amazing all around. So. 
let, let's think of the techno monster in two different ways. So if you take a techno monster without leading, right, he can um, get the lone operative um, keyword. So he's great for backline, which, as I said earlier, you want to put a corneal on, a coronal. Uh, so he gets a plus plus one to hit or a low. Um, and that's great for backline. That's great for just sort of scoring signals in the corner while you, you guys sit there, sit on objective and can't be hit by indirect. You know, if, if that was all mm-hmm. he did, you would want to include him. But that's that's not it. There's more to him. Um, the main ability, when he is leading a unit, that unit has a five-up deal no pain. That is who, ridiculous. Who, who wrote this data sheet and thought this was okay? So this guy... <laughs> Yeah, you give him the cloak and you give him the coronal and he's giving out a six-inch aura of plus one to hit and five up feel no pain. Uh, it's only when he leads. What? Um, yeah, but like you could do that. So And that combos so well with a lot of uh, data sheets. Like my, oh, my favorite okay, sorry, sorry, yeah, this, yeah. 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 It's only when he leads. He doesn't have the aura. Uh, yeah, it's only when he's a leader. Sorry, I went straight to 11 out of 10 there. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be amazing if it was an aura. They can write that, it's you know? It's still amazing. Yeah, um, still but amazing. Yeah, so so you, you attach him to something like a Lich Guard unit or a Warrior unit, and they just, having that extra 5 up feel no pain is another data set people have to just get through, which they don't. Um, with all the other buffs, you can get them. This just starts to become quite ridiculous how to get through a, a brick. Um, like you, um, like a bit of a spoiler now, but you take a, a Lich Guard unit with sword and board, so that's a four up feel no pain. You yep. add the Crypto Thralls, which we'll get to later, but that's four up feel no pain. Um, disgusting. Then you add a, a Lord, which makes, which is a noble, which the Lich Guard get a minus one to wound. Then you add the Techno Monsters to give all of them five up feel no pain. What is getting through that? There's probably a select five or six units in the whole uh, roster of Warhammer yeah, 40k yeah. that is able to chew that in one activation. It is a full-on brick of sadness for your opponent to deal with. <laughs> Said the sadness brick. Uh, that is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually... I'm actually... So how many points does a chrono cost you? 30. A chronomancer costs you 50. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. I thought you meant coronal. Yes, 50. Chronomancer. Yeah. So, and then your coronal take him up to 80. You'd say, yeah, exactly right. Um, Pretty insane for 50 points. Wow. Um, He'd be 150 in ninth edition. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then you'd pay more points for the cloak. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So good. So good, man. This Um, is like my favorite. I think we can talk about one more of the special characters, uh, well, HQs, elites in this uh, index, um, which is probably, I I was a bit shy of him when, when I started, but I'm getting very randy about it now, is the, the Hexmark Destroyer. Yes, I, w- I was going to take us there if you didn't, mate. Uh, tell us the story. Yeah. So, cool, Hexmark Destroyers, what does he have? So he has a disintegrator pistol, which is six attacks, hitting on twos, strength six, minus two AP, one damage. Then he's yeah, he's lone operative, deep strike. So he's kind of like a, a cooler Kalidus assassin, but you know, a little bit bigger. Um, but it's just his two um, abilities that are really great. So the one thing is that 
he can fire Overwatch for free for zero CP, even if you have used Overwatch. And when he fires, he is hitting on twos. Pretty good. Yep. Um, then it's the other ability that kind of gets a bit crazy. So multi-threat eliminator. Each time an enemy unit targets a friendly Necron unit within three of this model with a range attack, after that enemy unit has shot, this model can shoot as it was your shooting phase. This can proc multiple times. So yep. you could put yep. a Lich Guard squad in the middle, have three of hex marks, and you ask your opponent, come with an 18 of this, you're going to get shot by three hex marks every time. On top of maybe I'm going to overwatch you twice. So you get five Correct. activations during your turn. It's lone operative, very hard to kill. I think these are great. I almost think you you ought to take one, maybe even two. Um, I know, like, I think David Gaylord's been playing with three of them I at have, the moment. Yes, I've, I've seen this with three of them, and I don't think that's wrong either. I think one is, like, you should really ask yourself why you're not taking at least one in a competitive list. And then, I mean, you end up with three. I can't say it's bad yet. I can't say it's wrong. No, the thing is, just, like, they, they're just so great. And it's having also that precision and pistol, um, which really helps in the GSC matchup, um, especially um, killing their leaders before they get to doing activations. Yeah. When they come deep strike, yeah. you can overwatch. It, it actually just gives you such more a lot of play. Um, also, just having a lone op uh, with deep strike is yeah, pretty useful for very, mission play. Very, very potent. So uh, we'll run you. We'll run you seventy points for that lad, and I think yeah, only, absolute value. <laughs> only seventy. I think it's great. Only seventy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Come on, guys. Just start buying your hex marks. I know they were crap last <laughs> edition, but like, it's one of the coolest models we have in the range, in my opinion. So having three, I'm not really too fussed about. So I am going to take us to a mo- a unit that I would not be surprised to if it gets nerfed at some point. Um, this is the Crypto Thralls. This will uh, run you 40 points for a pair. So for 40 points, you get two of these guys. They're toughness four, three up save, two wounds. Adam, that doesn't sound too bad. Surely this is fine. Um, they have a four, a four up feel no pain. Just a four up feel no pain. Um, while this this unit is in the same unit as a Cryptek, the Cryptek also has a four up feel no pain. So no so no sniping at the Cryptek easily. And then um, it's got systematic um, systematic vigor, which I think just makes them better in combat. Um, no, no, destroyed by melee attack. Is yeah, when destroyed by melee attack. If the, if the model not fought this phase or on three plus, don't replay. So they get to fight on death on a three plus if they haven't fought yet, right? Yeah, it's but it's it's for the whole unit. So say, imagine that on a yes. guard. Yes, exactly right for the whole unit. Sorry, I thought I mentioned that bit. Um, yeah, dude, it's too good. They're too good. I I think they're a problem unit. To be honest, I think they're one of the yeah. uh, pushing things into the feeling like a little bit more of a Death Star. Because okay, so you have a let's say theoretically. Well, you got the Lich Guard, yeah? You add your Noble, they're minus one to wound. You add the Cryptek for the extra res for the, the, the let's say, let's say they got, they got the, um, the, the, um, size. So now you have a, you're adding one for, to give you an invuln and to give you the feel no pain. These guys also have the feel no pain. Now you have a fight on death. So these are almost adding a third character to a unit, except yeah. this character gets to tank ahead of the rest of the pack, be resurrected very easily and, is it gives you a very premium um, special rule for a combat matchup, of course. Yeah, 
it, I think it's just the the trade with the the fight back is really good. I think what the most oppressive thing about this is that you can always bring back four wounds of four up feel no pain after re- every reanimation, and because mm-hmm. like if the um because the way of this just becomes part of the unit, it's not a character ladle and stuff. You can always just keep bringing this back. So imagine bringing back every turn of four up feel no pain is again a, a big sad unit for your opponent to deal with. It's it's it tilts the maths on the unit so so badly. What's crazy about these guys is so going back to Lichgard, yeah? Yeah. Uh while a noble model is leading this unit, each time attack targets unit subtract one from the wound roll. So even wounding even wounding the the crypto thralls, which you know are going to take the saves first, they're at minus one to wound. Um even yeah. Yeah, and like there's so it, many different good. combos you can do that. Because like imagine you put this in a unit with Oricon. So these cryptothals have an invuln as well as a up feel my pain. Correct. So correct. I think this goes back to like what I was talking about earlier. There's just so many combos you can unlock in this book. Um mm. just to be really annoying for your opponent to destroy and make them a big sad. The big sad indeed. Um but suffice to say the keg cans are on the menu. They're extremely strong. Use them while you can. Um, I would love to see them go up by, you know, to 30 points a model or something like that. Um, 60 points for two, I still think would be fine. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. Ask, asking the Necron player, how many points would, would they need to go to for you to not want to auto-take them? Um, 80. They could double in price, I think. Yeah. They, I, I, I think it, it becomes a thing of, like, you don't want to spam them. Um, because let's now just, if, if you have three bricks, you just take six cryptothals easy. But if you, there's go up to like 80 points. I don't think you realistically pay two forty points for all of that or two twenty. Hmm. Fair enough. All right. Tell us about the, uh, uh I'm going to say, let's go to the transcendent Catan because people need to know about this combo and how brutal it can be. And then, uh, <laughs> we'll go back to letting you lead the dance. So, how many points will the Transcendent Catan run you? Um, I think it's one one eighty or or two. I can't actually remember. No, it's when were them? Two seventy, I think. It's two eighty. Two eighty. Yes. Not bad. Um, yeah, ten points off. Yeah, it's it, yeah. Well, it's, it's just an index I have to learn. Um, yeah. So Transcendence, it's pretty good. It's pretty tough. It's T eleven. Uh, save is four four up only, but it's also got makes it an invon. Um, it's you take half damage with its necrodermis, um, and as I said earlier with the cemental weave you, that you can put on this character, you can make this into a four up feel no pain. So it's a, a model that as T eleven with four up innovon and a four up feel no pain that is also half damage, mm. pretty hard to get through. Um, Crazy. It's, it's weapons are. Pretty good, um, but swingy. So its range weapon is assault, sustain, hits one. Uh, only range twelve though. Six attacks on uh, hits on two. Strength eight, minus two AP, D three damage, which is fine. Um, and its melee weapon is eight attacks, hitting on two. Strength nine, minus three, D six. And like you know, it's the D six swingy, going back yeah. to that kind of ninth edition mm-hmm. uh, Necron whatever. So you think like, okay, cool. It's it's tanky. That's cool. It does swingy damage that's fine 
what's really good about it. So this has to be its uh, ability to jump around the whole board. So whenever you, you select this model to advance, you can remove it from the battlefield and set it up like it's deep striking nine away from any enemy model. So this thing can just be zooming around the whole board, causing absolute headaches for your opponent. Yeah, this is a huge problem unit. Um, it's essentially, if, if you want to think about how it actually works, it kind of operates like a Grey Knight, except in the same turn. So every turn, well, every turn it gets to, to jump, but it's when you advance. So you can't just keep going for You can't advance and charge, right? So you select to advance and then you redeploy the nine inches away, but you can't declare a charge yet because you've advanced. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, you yeah. can't do that. So, yeah, does stop it, it, it from being a bit oppressive, <laughs> but yeah. it's still pretty good. It's still pretty good, man. It's nothing wrong with that because it's a pressure piece because it's so hard to remove that you just kind of hit it onto a flank and then just watch your opponent try and sweat as they remove it. There are a couple of armies that maybe kill it quickly, but there's not many. I, like No, I, I, and what's really cool about it is that, like, you, as a Necron player, you, you, you have a weak flank, and you kind of mm. want to dedicate the minimum amount of, you know, say, but forcing your opponent to uh, dedicate something there so they don't get into your main brick. If you're putting this there, they need to put some real firepower um, into that flank just to deal with the thing, because otherwise, you know, five scouts ain't going to do it for you. Yeah, agreed. Um, what's the next unit you want to take a look at or tell people about? Um, why don't we jump to my my Lich God? Let's talk about what I think is the definitively best data sheet in the um, the whole index. Um, it's they are insane, and they, they they're insane just because of the one ability they have, which is the minus one to wound um, when led by a noble. It makes them oppressively tanky. As soon as you also have all the other buffs coming on top of them, um, their damage is fine. Um, it's very grindy, but because of the minus one and all the other buffs, you, you, nothing gets through it. I, I think you almost every time start list building with two blocks of Lich Guard sword and board. These guys feel like the Deathwing Terminators of this edition so far. Um, yeah. Toughness 5 with minus 1 to wound. So you, ha you have to be strength 11 to still be wounding him on a 3. Everything else is a 4 or worse. You have to be what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This, this is a really hard unit to kill. And it's cheap. It's 190 points for 10. It's so cheap for two toughness, five wounds that you can just stack so many things on. And I hate to say it, they do feel like a, like a Death Star able unit because you can essentially you can attach three things. You can attach a Noble, a Cryptek, and then the uh, the Cryptoth rolls to this unit. Um, I suppose that's not uh, sorry. You, you know, you can you can attach similar levels of things to stuff like Guardsmen and stuff like that, but it's pretty different. <laughs> you can do with that chassis versus what you can do with this chassis um I'm, I'm right there with you man this this could be the defining unit of the book and taking 30 of them like i'm not sure you can take enough characters to make 30 of them good but for 190 points just 10 of them with whatever is fine 
Yeah, they are so good. Um, like, I think when you're building your Necron list, you kind of compare this to the other big brick of the the index, which is the, the warrior unit. And if you take the same nobles, um, this is cheaper. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> It's yeah. It's got the same amount of wounds. It's easier to hide. Mm-hmm. It's harder to kill. Um, I think you always grab Lich God. Um, like, like I, I know there's a lot. There's been a lot of chat as soon as this codex came out. People were like, oh, dude, imagine my twenty warriors going to the middle and like, oh, they got all these buffs. And I almost feel that while that is decent and good, it's almost a trap because there's the better unit of the Lich Guard, which can't be tied up in combat because they'll grind you down, harder to shoot off, and have a smaller pr- footprint um, than a warrior unit. I think the only weakness you have with the Lich Guard is the OC1, um, which is... True. Yep. It, it's, it's okay, um, but can also... Um, we, you, we can build into that with the Catacomb Command Barge. Um, for those who don't know, the, the Command Barge gives a aura of six um, I mean, with an or in six inches, it gives plus one OC. So you can have your Lich God being two two OC, which is pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, I still think warriors are extremely good. I think they're two different things, though. I don't think a warrior unit is a bully unit. I think a Lich Guard unit is a bully unit and a deterrent. I think Necron Warriors is more of a board control list where you're reanimating over here, putting them over here, taking this objective, getting close, swinging it over here. Um, I think Necrons operate a lot more like, I guess, GSC Neophytes do, whereas... Sorry, Neophytes actually do relevant damage. Necro Warriors don't do any damage. <laughs> so, yeah, Necro Warriors, for me, is a lot more about denying points, and whereas Lich Guard is like, push up into the middle and just be like, swing, buddy. You're not going you're not gonna to hit me hard enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, very... Bro- the fact is the Lich Guard are 50 points less for the same amount of wounds at better toughness, better durability. Like, it's kind of crazy that they're 50 points less than the Warriors. Yeah, and with like the way that reanimation protocols works, um, also the way that you are allowed to reanimate in 10th, you can no longer do the string thing that you used to be able to do with Warriors. You have yeah. to um, bring bring them back um, in coherency from the beginning of the turn. Yeah. It's yep. a bit easier to reanimate and get your, the full squad of the Lich God back without kind of screwing yourself over, which sometimes happens with Warriors, because you just don't have enough space. They've surrounded you a bit. Um, but yeah, like, Lich God, always take them. Yeah, I, agreed. Uh, where do you want to go from here? Um, why don't I do a controversial unit, which I think oh. no one's picked up on. I like which... every, I like it when I have an expert on and they've got their own little spicy sauce. Let's do it. Okay, so we, this is we've been testing this a lot, and I know this comes after our list build, so I'm fine sharing this at the moment. But canoptic rates are, I think, a very sneaky unit. So okay. They um they data sheet. So they movement nine, they T six, which I think is a vital part. Very hard to actually kill. Uh three up save, uh three wounds, two OC. Um and unleash bad, okay, whatever, don't care. Um so then like if you look at the rest of Darcy, it's not as impressive. Uh you got a particle caster, which is actually really good. 
um, is a pistol and it's devastating wounds. Um, for some reason, it, it hits on twos. Don't know why, but it's pretty cool. Yep. Um, um, and it's devastating. Great. And like the me- melee weapons aren't that great. Only hitting on fours, strength six, minus one AP, two damage. The ability is okay as well. Um, which is you go, you go through a unit in the movement phase and every model in that unit takes a, a mortal wound on a four up, which is pretty good in the mirror matchup. But th- the thing that we've been really enjoying is if you look at the keywords, they are beasts and they are flying. The beasts, yeah. These units are incredibly good on WTC boards. They are able to cool. get through yeah. all the ruins. They mm-hmm. are they can jump onto a point. They are quite tough to kill um with just basic chaff so your opponent has to commit something um yeah, that can kill them so mm. combo i think they work extremely well with your lich guard as the, you got your two main lich guard bricks and then the canoptic rates are a great complement on the sideboards because your opponent likely doesn't have enough firepower to deal with all three uh, at the same time, and sometimes I take uh, I've been testing two units which have actually just felt amazing. Um, they are a bit expensive; uh, they're 110 points, and there are two other units that are the same price point that people compare to. Um, which the other one is the Fidian Destroyers, which are also pretty good, but they're quite flimsy. Um, Strength four, man. Ugh. T4, like, like T, yeah, T4, strength four, no invuln, they just explode. Only a four, a toughest yeah. five, four up, save three wounds, no invuln. That's that's a dead unit. Like they sure they got five attacks hitting on threes at four two two, but strength four, so much toughness five in the game. They can't hurt us. They can't hurt any vehicle. Like every vehicle, if it's not a like a a land speeder or a freaking viper they're winning it on sixes like they can't punch up at all um the once but once or twice per game dev wounds is nice but man um Ophidian's my favorite model maybe yeah. sitting on the shelf for a while yeah the the ability is kind of cute with they um they can just deep strike at the end of your opponent's turn they're going to reserve mm. and then come back so like that can be some play but i think most good players will be able to screen you out without much trouble um, but yeah, I think rates are one of the sne- uh, sleeper units in our codex that I think people should really be uh, paying more attention to and using their games as skirmishes or just like flank objective holders. Um, yeah, I think I agree. I, I, like, I like well, I like your thinking. I like, I'll be, I'm keen to see if it uh, it translates because it, it it makes a lot of sense. I've been playing a couple of games on the WTC boards and they really tilt some of the things you can and can't take. Um, yeah, yeah, you really need to plan for those boards. I would like to talk about the Doomsday Arcs, which uh, uh, felt they they felt pretty good in Eighth Edition and were just the worst. Well, sorry, they didn't feel good in Eighth Edition, but you didn't have any other choices <laughs> in Ninth Edition. They were garbage. Uh, how, much, how many points will they run you now? Let's have a quick geese here. Ba-ba-ba, 185. So that's not cheap, but that's not crazy expensive. No. Um, they're toughness nine. They move nine. Toughness nine. 14 wounds. They got a three up armor save, but never heard of that because they got a four up invulnerable save, uh, which, you know, you're always going to have that. Their doomsday cannon is blast and heavy, 72 inch range. I mean, they might as well just print table 
instead of 72 inch range now. But anyway, yeah. um, D6 plus one shots with blast, of course. Um, hitting on threes at strength 15, neg four, yeah. four, da- four damage. And if they don't move, they get dev wounds. And then, of course, they've got the gorse flares, rapid, rapid fire, five, 24 inches. Um, at three, uh, sorry, hitting on threes at strength four, no rend, one damage, five shots if I didn't say before. So at 12 inches, you got 10 shots from that. Uh, do you rate these guys? Um, I think they, they're fine. I, I, I don't, like, I'm talking in the context of WC, I think they're just a bit mm. too large Hard to, to get through the boards. Yeah. 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 Um, fly... And they've... There you go. Yeah, and they're just too vulnerable. Um, mm. Like, you, people get angles on them, and it's like they are good into like medium tough stuff like terminators and, and stuff like that with the flat four damage and can give you a bit more playing tonight's but like i don't know i i've I, for my testing they do all right but they cost mm. way too much points for what other units could could do yep that's a pretty fair take. Um, one more unit from you, mate, and then we'll see if uh, I'll ask you if there's any if there's a forge world unit you would like to talk to, um, and then we'll probably wrap this one up. So yeah, one more unit. What would you pick? Um, I think actually one of the best heavy supporters is the Locust Heavy Destroyer. Um, Agree. So yeah, so this unit is I think amazing. You you want to take it all the time. Um, so they got two versions. Um, they got the Emnic Exterminator, so this is 36 inch range, six attacks, hitting on three strength six, minus one AP, one damage. It is heavy, rapid fire six, sustain hit one. Um, and it combos with the ability, its ability, which is with in with the Emnic Exterminator on re- on a, war- <laughs> a wound roll of one, uh, you get to reroll once. Um, then you got the anti-tank version, which is the Ghost Destructor, which is heavy lethal hits with a 40-inch range, one attack, hitting on threes, strength 14, minus four, flat six. And then against monsters or vehicles, you reroll a wound of one. Um, this is pretty good. They are extremely cheap for, for three. I think it's 145 for three. Uh, so 45 points each, so it's 135 for three. 135. Um, dude, 45 it's... points for a toughness six four-wound chassis. Are there any, like, like can you, will it, does a Locust Lord do much for these guys, if you can attach one? Yes. Um, so with the Locust Lord, it makes the uh, fives become critical hits, which is extremely nice. good with, with the, the anti-infantry of the Emnic Exterminator. Mm. Because your uh, sustain will be proccing on fives and sixes, which there is a small combo you could play um, with the reroll wound strat, which will be yes. Uh, if you gain with the eighteen, that is uh, thirty-six shots hitting on twos, <laughs> sustain five yep. six, rerolling all wounds. Um, like I've used this quite a bit in in our, in my games and they always seem to uh, <laughs> pay themselves back very quickly. Um, it sounds like a GSC solution, baby. I want nine up. That's probably a bit much, but it's, they actually sound pretty exciting. Yeah. And, and, and their footprint is pr- pretty small as well. Um, which like what I've been doing a lot, depending on the matchup is just putting in reserve, 
um, and then just coming down when they need to because they they don't take uh, they're not that hard to kill. So just keeping them reserve, playing with your your like tech mark or hex mark with the coronal. Uh, move that him up where you're going to put them and just let them fire at whatever they need to because they got the range to do it. Um, it's amazing. Um, and then the the anti-tank, uh, anti-monster one, a flat six damage is, is pretty good. And with lethal hits, you yeah. sometimes yeah. do just proc that. Um, I agree. And, I do love uh, strength 14 reeling wants to wound. Is is wounding on threes, re-rolling ones, or wounding on twos, re-rolling ones? It's that's with string fourteen. Like, there's I have yet to. Have you found something that's that's toughness fourteen yet? I haven't. So <laughs> that's really good. When well, of course, shooting a monster with vehicles really good. Yeah, I, I I think they're great. I think you always want to take at least three of that because the the Necron Codex is a bit shy of anti-tank. Um, yeah, like the Doomstock is great, but just. You know, if you are having a very heavy meta of, I don't know, knights, but, you know, who isn't, um, just taking lots of these up and just one-shotting, it's sometimes you just roll hot and you do 18 mm-hmm. wounds to, to a knight. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's not that wild a thing, right? If you had three of these with a lord, they're three shots hitting on twos. Decent odds hitting on two. hit with all of them. Yeah, Five and, and then six one, is lethal. Exactly. One or two of those is going to go straight through. And the next one's wounding on a three with a reroll. It's not unrealistic that you give you put them on, you give them three five up invulnerable saves. Yeah, and those all go through, and then that's 18 wounds on the night with your 135 point uh unit. Like it's the output to the points trade um, is why I, I think you want to grab six of these at least, nine if you can afford it, which you should probably try and afford it. And right, I'm gonna depending you on your meta. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, mate. Gonna ask you uh, about one more unit. Okay. One more unit. Give us your hot take uh, on the Silent King. Hot take on the Silent King. Uh, it's kind of trash, eh? Uh, it is absolutely <laughs> garbage. He costs way too many points. I yeah, like too many points. It's like almost much as a knight. Um, I, I do like the what they've done to his his weapons from last edition, giving so, stuff stars indirect. Pretty mm-hmm. cool idea, but like I know there's nothing on the starter sheet that makes me excited. It just makes me sad, and my son mm. is going to go live in the cupboard until uh, the codex comes out. Hopefully, it'll be better it's by re- then. It's really kind of sad, right? I, I like because Gilliman feels good, the Lion feels good, uh, Magnus feels good. Most of these level characters, I mean, Angron is in a pretty awful place, but that's because of his books in a pretty awful place. But most of these Keystone, Primark level, God tier, King level guys all feel pretty good this edition, except for this guy. It's, yeah. uh, it's a bit rough. Ah, uh, yeah, like I know, maybe he had too much time in the sun during ninth edition, which mm. he was like a staple across most lists. So yeah, maybe he's just taking a break until the codex comes out. Hopefully, they can push him up again. Hopefully, um, okay, mate. Uh, give us your hot take. Is there a, any of the Forge World uh, units that you think warrant a look in for people? Ah, uh, honestly, no. Like I looked through the data sheets, nothing for me was. Exceptionally great. Mm-hmm. Um, the 
the the Titan I, I can't remember its name looked fun when towering was still good until they pushed the points up. So yeah, yeah. none of them were interesting for me. I don't know. Do you, did you have a, a unit you liked in that? And honestly, when you did have towering, the Sereptic, which is the heavy construct you're talking about, did look pretty appealing. Uh, but yeah, you, I, I haven't had a close look at the others, unfortunately. So I was going off. Uh, if, if you say that's the case, that's probably the case, mate. Yeah. Um, happy to be proved wrong by someone, but yeah, from the data sheets, there was nothing that stood out to me. Fair enough. So on that note, mate, we might wrap this up, but of course, at this point, we do uh, rate this codex upon a couple of metrics. How, if, if you were to put Necrons into the competitive, you know, spheres, you know, from the D tier to the S tier, where do you think they reside at the moment? You know, this, and when this is coming out, guys, they may have been a, the end of July update as well. So do forgive us if there is a little bit of changes there. Um, but right now we've had the Eldari and the price increases on the Knights. Um, so we've had one part of this balance data slate. There's possibly another part coming. So please bear that in mind. But mate, where do you think they reside right now? I think we, we definitely a a tier army. Um, I think the one thing people must realize with Necrons is that unlike some of the other armies where you'll smash someone by 20 points, 30 points, mm-hmm. your Necrons are all going to be, they consistently beat most of the other armies, but only by 15, 20 points um, if you play really well, um, just because how consistent they are in primary and their secondaries. So I I think... They they have play in almost every army. Um, maybe not so much into the knights variant, but all the others. I think you can win um, any matchup besides those two. Um, even to stuff like elder, um, there is play. So mm-hmm. yeah, go to your tournament, bring some, <laughs> pop two lich god in the middle, and see what happens, guys. I'm keen to see some <laughs> some fun lists. So you reckon they're what, sitting in the upper A tier? Yeah, about mid A tier would be nice. my uh, yeah mid A tier. I good. think they're either I think they're either the third or fourth best army in the game at the moment. Um, I don't I haven't quite got a read on how good T Suns are whether or but I I do know that it's Eldari and, and GSC are the two S tiers and then I think I do think yeah A tier is up for debate, but yeah. Cool to hear, man. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I know. I apologize, guys. I think we've had a little bit of a little bit of lag in our communications. Um, I, I've noticed it, and hopefully you guys have noticed at home a little bit of forgiveness there. We're speaking over vast distances, um, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know if the internet in uh, South Africa is all that crash hot, but Australia's internet is absolutely trash. So <laughs> forgive us if there's any issues with that. Um, but dude, thank you so much for coming. I'm going to go over and record part two, get to know uh, this lovely gentleman a little bit more, hear about some of the unique spiciness out of South Africa and also write some awesome and exciting competitive Necron lists. So mate, anything you'd like to say or plug before we check out? Yeah, um, I first wanted to uh, plug uh, Team South Africa. We're on uh, Instagram at the moment. Uh, it's going to be our first WTC, so please give us a follow. We also have a Ko-Fi account on there if you anyone buys a coffee, um, which may or may not be translated into Belgian beers um, during WTC, but be glad of. Um I also want to plug our coaches' uh, 
uh, Kyle Grundy. He has a program called PureType Program. It's a Tau-focused um, Discord with a lot of engagement um, and community kind of vibes. Um, if you're a budding Tau player, I think he's one of the best uh, in the world to receive coaching on. Um, yeah. Well, I recorded the Tau retro- review with Kyle, and that's actually probably coming out the week before this one. So they would have just heard Kyle last week as well. So the double plug, you guys, go over and support these gentlemen with all that they do. Matt, you've been an absolute gent. Thank you so much for your help. Um, yeah, good luck at WTC, man. Can't wait to meet you in person. And well done to South Africa fielding a team. Hopefully it is nothing but absolute glory for you to come. Thank you very much again, man. Have a great night. You too, man. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under, signing out from tomorrow. Tomorrow.